Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that's really, really important to do, and that is to fire yourself from things that, frankly, you have no business doing. Now, as you probably are aware, if you've been listening to any of the Team Success podcasts, I am passionate about successful entrepreneurial teamwork. I am passionate about unique ability teamwork. And this one concept of firing yourself from things, frankly, that you should not be doing is really, really critical because a lot of us are trapped in what we call at Strategic Coach rugged individualism. We have the motto that we can do it better ourselves. Now, in a few distinct areas, absolutely, that's true. However, if you buy into our whole concept of unique ability, in many more areas, we're actually not unique. We could be excellent, which means we have superior skill, but no passion. We could be competent, we're adequate, we're okay. But frankly, (laughs) if you're adequate or okay, a lot of other people are as well, probably better. Or if truth be told, if you're being really honest with yourself, there's some things that all of us, different things fortunately, are actually incompetent at. When we do them, we do not get the results. We put in the time and effort and fear, frustration, and failure (laughs) is what happens. Now, I don't know about you, but I really don't like spending time in my areas of incompetence for any length of time. It's painful. I don't feel capable. I don't produce results. And you know, just things go downhill from there. But a lot of us have trained ourselves, again, through what I would call the brute force method, to do a lot of that heavy lifting, and we've made ourselves be at least adequate. We've put tons of money and time and energy into activities for which we're not suited. We don't have a lot of mental energy. Our personality doesn't go there. We've kind of contorted ourselves because maybe at the start of our businesses, we didn't have any support. We didn't have any resources. So you did it. But as you get more successful, as you grow, this actually becomes a limiting strategy. And I am all about maximizer strategies. So I'm here to convince you that that does not work. Actually, if you want to have some fun with this and you're not driving, make a very short list of things that if you could possibly (laughs) fire yourself from, you would. Something you're not good at, you find to be a total pain in the, you know what, that you just wish would go away. Things you procrastinate about because they're irritating, they feel mundane to you, they're boring. It makes you irritated to have to do it. When you turn into a grumpy person, that's a really good clue. So make a list. It doesn't have to be a long list. It could be one, two, three things. Or you may have a list of up to 30. <laughs> Go bananas if you want. But I want to talk through how you can handle that list and what the impact would be if you actually did fire yourself. And then I want to share with you a couple of stories of some people who I know have done this very successfully. But a lot of us, again, need that justification because you perhaps have always done it. You're okay. You may not have anyone in the wings just desperate to take it over for you. Or you may just be so much in the habit of doing you don't even think about it anymore. And that's actually probably the number one culprit. So here's the danger with rugged individualism and not firing yourself is that you are going to reach what we would call at Strategic Coach a ceiling of complexity. There is a maximum amount, there's a finite amount of work that a single human being can do. Even if you have a team around you that handle other things, most of us still have things that we do not let go of. We have what I would call a delegation death grip on certain things. That holds us back. It actually keeps us from growing because we think we have to be the ones to do it. Now, if you really want to break through the ceiling and, again, grow to higher levels, if you're not interested in growth, then ignore this entire conversation. However, 
if you have big aspirations, if you have ambitions beyond where you are now, if you want to make an even bigger impact and contribution to the world, this is actually a really key point, a really key concept. So when you move on to what I would call unique ability teamwork, where everyone is doing what they're best at and what they love to do and what gives them energy and inspires them and where they know they can always get better because they love it, that's unique ability teamwork by definition. To do that, though, you have to be willing to let go of those things that are not your unique ability, that aren't your passion, that you don't love to do, that you aren't really, really, really good at. And even though we cannot like those other things and that we don't enjoy them, we still hang on to them. And by the way, it's not only business owners that run into this trap. It's team leaders, it's team members. All of us have something about which we are very possessive that we really shouldn't be <laughs> because we're just not very good at it. Often our egos or identity is in the way. So you kind of have to give yourself some grace and step out of that for a little bit. Now, let me give you some of the explanations as to why you should fire yourself. Well, first of all, I'm going to guess that you are fairly highly paid for not being very good at it. This is a behavior that in other people you would not tolerate. You would think just, oh, why are they paying that person so much? They're not very good at it. Yeah, well, that would be you. <laughs> so I want you to appreciate that some of those things that you're doing, I know for me, if I'm doing something I'm not very good at, I'm ridiculously paid for it. I actually take a lot longer than other people who are much better at it or technology that could do it for me. I don't find it satisfying. Did I say it takes a long time? <laughs> and I probably don't get a very good result. So it makes no sense. Like logically and from a business standpoint and from a business case scenario, it's not logical. So at that point, we have to go to what is holding us back? Well, that would be the emotional part of things. So here's the job now, is if you can go back to that list that I asked you to make, is to think about, okay, how can I get a little bit resourceful about this? If I was, theoretically, hypothetically, going to maybe not do this someday, <laughs> what is a possible alternative? If I'm gonna get freed up from this, who would I trust? What could I trust? How could I possibly free myself up from this? And I have to say, in the last, well, goodness, it's an exponential growth curve on this one. The number of technological solutions, and sometimes they're the solution, or sometimes they connect you to people who are the solution, has exploded. The number of resources that all of us have access to now is kind of mind-boggling. I'm fortunate enough to be able to attend Abundance 360 every year and hang out with Peter Diamandis and his incredible network of people that he knows that are coming up with such innovative solutions to all of the world's problems. But one of the key problems I focus on is not transportation. It's how do we get more done? How do we get freed up from those things that we're not good at? So there are a ton of productivity apps out there. I love following Inc. Magazine on social media because their articles are just phenomenal in terms of resources that are made available to you. One of the ones that I read about just the other day was something called x.ai. And this is a virtual assistant that is using artificial intelligence. There's no human. <laughs> and the person was saying how great it was to schedule appointments. You know, I think he actually just does it by Siri and connects with them or CCs them, x.ai, on an email. And stuff happens, goes in his calendar, arrangements get made. And all of the things that he's not good at, which is scheduling and following up on, or even if he was good at it, this is the journalist, didn't want to be doing. He wanted to be spending his time in conversation, writing, doing things that were much more for him creative rather than mechanical. 
Well, that was just a fun example. So x.ai is a great scheduling one. I know in our company, some brilliant developers on our team have written an app that helps our program advisors schedule appointments with our clients. It's transformative how much it's freed people up from that back and forth. And our program advisors really need to be either in workshops or on the phone talking to our clients. So scheduling is kind of a pain. And we could pay someone to do it, which we do in other parts of the company. But having it be able to send someone a calendar and have them choose their appointment and then it's just automatically set up is so liberating. That's just a really simple example because in our fast-moving world where we don't have the luxury of hours and hours to go back and forth with people, having something automated do it is pretty fantastic. I really like how Dan Sullivan talks about technology. He says the best technology is really where people have automated teamwork. So it's all teamwork. (laughs) Just some happens to be programmed and some of it happens to be with real people, but it's still teamwork. It's facilitating and making routine things happen in a way that adds value to your life. So that's one of my favorite examples. I haven't tried it yet because I have the brilliant human versions I love and adore named Nicole. But at some point, for some things, probably in my personal life, this would be a great, great asset to have. So that's something you can check out. Or if you prefer the human version, Delegate Solutions with Emily Morgan. I've interviewed her a couple of times. You may have heard her talk. It's just great for having someone off-site, especially if you're a mobile person and you're moving around a lot. Great to have that resource just to tap into. Another one I just read about is called Fixer, F-Y-X-E-R, which looks fascinating. I'm quite intrigued by that one. And that's just scheduling. There's an abundance of other types of talents you can access. Everything from design capabilities to Xprofi can give you access to data scientists. You name it, there's just an enormous amount of capability out there to free you up, to leverage you from tasks that you don't want to be doing that enable you to have brand new capabilities that you've never had before. But you can't actually access those until you fire yourself or have the thought that you should really fire yourself from doing this. The upside is so big. So one of my favorite conversations was with a really good friend of mine who I just treasure. He's such a good person. And we had a conversation in a workshop about him hiring an assistant. And originally it was part-time. And I asked him the question, well, how much in your area would you look at paying this person? He said, well, probably about $2,500 to $3,000 a month. It was to do scheduling and to do administrative support because, like me, is not particularly talented or interested in doing kind of fact finder follow through type of things. So, and that looked like a lot. It's not that it's a massive amount of money to pay someone, but still it was an expense he wasn't used to having. And then I said, well, how much will this free you up? You know, how much more money will you be able to make if you're not spending your time doing those other activities and you can focus on doing what you do best, which happens to be investing in real estate? He said, oh, well, per month I could make another 25 to 30. And I said, 25 to 31. He goes, oh, 1,000. I was like, say again? You could invest $2,500 to $3,000 a month and make a return of $25,000 to $30,000? The look on his face was like, oh, he got it. <laughs> it was just a really powerful example. Now, finding the right person took longer than overnight, but he's well on the way to getting that. And it's so exciting to see what happens when people actually fire themselves from activities. Again, they don't enjoy, they don't get a lot of big payoff from. It's a necessary evil. It has to get done. So that's part of the line of thinking. But here's the other part of the the line of thinking. The someone else or something else, be it a person or technology, can do it better. They can do it faster. They can do it with a lot more ease. And guess what? Probably a lot cheaper. Because 
if you pay yourself well, then you're a very expensive talent. And someone else, again, can get the results in far less time, far more efficiently, far more effectively. And it just makes sense. So once you have fun and get a little bit of personal distance from the situation, I want you to kind of start enjoying this. Like, oh, I'm going to fire myself from this and this and this. And look how much more profitable I'll be because <laughs> I'm not wasting my personal time and effort on things that really I'm not very good at. There's something, again, once you can get into that mindset, incredibly liberating. It's great because I actually get to watch this happen in our own company with Bab Smith and Dan Sullivan. Bab's really recognized Dan's genius very, very early on when she first met him, but he was doing everything in his business, accounts payable, accounts receivable. He was doing the coaching and he's just such a, a brilliant, insightful coach, but he was also doing all the running of the business and it didn't work out very well. I mean, he in fact went bankrupt twice, as he will tell you. She just really saw it that, Dan, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Let's find someone else who can do it. So that's really how our team got built, completely organically. It wasn't that we started out with an org structure, an org chart. We did not. It was more like, okay, how can we keep freeing Dan up? And then eventually it was, how can we keep freeing Babs up? And then I joined the team. And then eventually it got to be, how can I free myself up? And I'm kind of proof of the pudding here. It's been such a transformative thing for me to have a level of support and teamwork. And what I can do now versus what I could do three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, well, it's a multiplier. Let me put it that way. Even just four years ago when Nicole and I started working together, I pretty much can measure the fact that I am two to three times more productive than I was before. Two to three times. That's a lot. If I look at even before that, when I was doing everything, doing sales, I was successful. I mean, it's kind of amazing just how successful we can all be, even when we don't fire ourselves. But when you do, all of a sudden, brand new possibilities open up. And not only that, you end up happier. You end up being much nicer to work with. You're not irritated all the time. <laughs> You're leveraged. It's all good. We're all protected from our dangers and freed up to focus on our strengths. So it really is a critical conversation to have. But to get there, you really have to get out of your own way. Now, as a business owner, you probably realize that you are, in fact, the most important resource for the company. If you are spending your time well, the company does well. And if you're spending your time poorly, then there's a cost to that, too. So it's probably fairly easy to convince yourself that this is a good idea, unless you are totally invested in doing things you don't like and aren't good at, in which case that's a different conversation. But I also see that team members and team leaders get stuck in this trap as well. And I want to talk to this just for a moment, because team members can get caught in roles where they think, okay, I have to do this. And by the way, management can get caught in this way of thinking as well. And I don't, I don't like it, to be honest. It's not actually based around people's unique talents and capabilities. And when you actually look at it from a new lens of what are people great at? How can we support that? What are people not great at? How can we reinforce that and kind of support it from a different standpoint? So you really want to free people up to do what they are uniquely capable and skilled at doing, and then support them in all the areas where they're less unique, where they're really not as good. And that goes for you, that goes for others, and all of a sudden you free up genius, you free up creativity, you free up innovation, you free up excitement and engagement and all of those great words. So again, I just think it's one of these kind of profound opportunities that all of us have literally lying around. It's in the people around us, but it takes a different mindset. It takes getting out of your own way, and it takes training the people around you to get out of their own way, especially if they're kind of role-focused, to see that, oh, there could be a different way of working 
that in fact will get us all of the status that people want because their contribution is so much greater. One of the things you don't want is where status outweighs contribution. You want contribution to outweigh status. But what I love about the fact is you can have both just by freeing people up to do what they're best at and having them fire themselves from things that, frankly, they were not put here to do. So just to summarize, the whole point here is to fire yourself because you're probably in some activities very highly paid but not very good at it. Someone else can do it better, faster, easier, and definitely cheaper. But the mindset that's really required is to get out of your own way so that to free you up to do your unique ability and protect yourself from all of those things that are your quote unquote non-unique ability or as Dan and I like to talk about it, your unique disabilities. (laughs) And once you accept that that's part and parcel of being human and that everyone is composed of both of those factors, very different skills and talents fit into unique abilities or disabilities. But once you free everyone up to do what they're best at, it's kind of spectacular what can happen as a result. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you're inspired to fire yourself from a few activities. If you have any questions or comments or stories, I would love to hear them at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.